Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news analysis and discussions. I am your host Brandon Yates and today I'm joined by my co-hosts Yang Guang and Fu Yu and today we will be talking about the FIFA Women's World Cup action, special moments as well as taking a look at the semi-finals and a preview of course of that grand final between England and Spain. But Yang Guang, I'll start with you. Of course the action that we've seen from the Women's World Cup has been incredibly entertaining both on and off the field i think it's probably been the biggest most popular and most successful fifa women's world cup of all time i would go as far as saying but what games and moments have stood out to you the most and why um the first game in my mind the united states versus sweden Mm. it's a game where people start to realize that the u.s is not invincible and to me, the game is also a symbol that Europe has surpassed the U.S. in terms of women's football dominance. Um, if combined with the fact that the U.S. almost got eliminated from the group stage in its final group game against Portugal, in that game the Post saved Americans by denying Portuguese strikers last-minute shots, you would agree that the U.S. dominance is on decline. Um, mm. Anyway, that penalty loss to Sweden was also very dramatic and accelerated heartbeat of fans of both sides. The U.S. had the chance to kill the game, but two of their key players, including Macken Rapino, missed the spot kicks before Sweden gained the winner through a controversial penalty, which only passed the goal line by, I don't know, centimeters mm. and can only be identified through VAR. There was no way to make it call through a naked eye. So yeah, that, yeah that, would, that game was full of twists and was really fun to watch and there was also a moment that really left me with some impression in that game and it came along with um, controversies as well. Uh, Megan Rapino missed the penalty in the shootout and she laughed. People called it a bizarre laugh because missing that crucial shot on the World Cup stage ought to be that serious and a laugh uh, seems the last thing you would see from a player. Um, I, I kind of get it though, like just from a sporting <laughs> perspective, like, you know, when you look at someone like her that's had such an incredible history in the sport and mm. has been so successful, I think that she just thought, I you know, this is possibly the worst thing that could have happened. Like, you know, the odds of this happening are so small. She probably just laughed because like, it's out of her hands. There's nothing she can do about it. This has happened and she can't believe that it's happened. And she's mm. kind of like a why me like i can't believe this has happened to me which is devastating but I, I can see why some people would react in a laughing sense because like the chances of that happening probably for someone like her that's experienced uh mm. so much success and so yeah, much yeah. you know um so many achievements in the sport she just thinks like well if this is the way that things are going to end i guess what will be will be and you probably find because she's had so much success in the sport already that she had kind of resigned herself to the the footballing guard saying, look, like, give it up now. <laughs> like, this is our sign to say, like, it's time to move on. And I think it was more a laugh of resignation than a laugh of not necessarily caring. Yeah, it's funny because she basically said the same thing. Uh, Rapino later explained that her first reaction to the Mr. Shot is that um, it was like a sick joke. Yeah. Uh, for, for her personally, that was dark comedy that she missed the penalty. But some American fans slammed her on social media for the laugh while some others supported her and said it showed what a casual and confident woman she is. Mm. Uh, I don't know. To me, that was just a classic moment, um, a sorrow laugh. Um, It probably reflects the mindset of the U.S. team 
all the American fans when they know they went out of the tournament. I think it's a good sign in terms of determining how different mentalities bring different levels of success in sports. So you probably find maybe she has the mentality of being more relaxed because she's been on that stage before and she's had mm. success on that stage before. Yep. And it's kind of like her last hurrah. So she is taking it incredibly seriously, but she's probably also thinking, look, I've experienced this. This is obviously a huge disappointment that I'm not used to, but having that nonchalant, relaxed mentality has probably brought her success in the past. And she's probably carried that mentality into failures as well. So when she experienced something that was obviously, I'm sure, devastating for her and of course devastating for all of the US team members and the fans, that was her reaction because that's the attitude that she has always had that brought her success in the sports. And she maintained that attitude in her failure as well. So it might have been a bit bizarre to see. And I can I can see why certain people would have been upset by it. But I, I also get what she's saying in that like it is so weird and disappointing. It is kind of like a sick joke where like, you know, it's it's happening to the captain, the most successful player, like of all the players that could have missed a penalty, the least likely person would have been her. So I think that's where she came with the the sick joke comment. Mm. But yeah, I mean, so that uh, those are definitely some incredible moments and memorable moments that I think a lot of footballing fans will carry for a very long time. But of course, I think most people that are looking at the World Cup at this point in time are also going to be focusing on the teams and the players and how that aspect has been shaping um, the FIFA Women's World Cup this year. For you, which teams and players have been the most impressive for you at this point in time? Well, for Chinese fans, we are disappointed that China exited so early. Mm. They finished with uh, two losses and one win in the group. And um, I watched China's games before their exit from the group. And I would say Wang Shuang is definitely the player to watch. She deserves the title of first sister. Uh, which Chinese people use to refer to the top player in the sport. And she scored two goals during the tournament. And those were the only goals for China at the Women's World Cup. In the second group stage against Haiti, Wang Shuang kept the hope alive for China by converting a penalty that she also was involved with. I mean, she partly created that penalty so uh, she kept the hope alive for china and so uh, she was hugely that... um influential in terms of pushing team china i think she was one of those standout players you know it doesn't often happen in team sports but every now and again you'll get like an individual that really carries a team along and she she seems to be one of those individuals that was doing that yeah, for team she's china a, she, mm. uh, she's a leader both in terms of the technical side of things but also more of a spiritual leader right. and she's also one of the more experienced players on the squad she this is her third world cup so despite china's early exit i'm really happy for wang shuang as a player that she scored her first goals in the world cup so she's got goals in all the major women's football competitions and um, even in China's opening game which they lost 1-0 to Denmark Wang still created some trouble for Denmark's defense after she came onto the field and, and she in these games she brought changes to uh, the matches and scored the consolation goal against England so yeah I think she would be my player yeah. Uh, most impressive player. If right. You, yeah. And I think it's always important to have a player of that stature in a squad, someone that has experience but also has ability. I think 
you know, it's always great having players in the squad that have experience that can also help players that are playing and not necessarily play themselves, you know, play more of a, a an active role in terms of the, the mentality of the players and keeping them calm and giving them advice. But to have someone like that that can also have an impact on the game itself is incredibly important. So I can see why she stood out for you and I'm sure for a lot of fans around China as well. Um, Yang Wang, I'm sure you've also been um, viewing the FIFA Women's World Cup with great interest. Have there been any players or teams that have stood out for you in particular? It must be Spain. Um, mm. The quarterfinal and semifinal of Spain went through but two really exciting games. And Spain knocked out the Netherlands thanks to a fantastic solo effort by teenager Selma Paratluelo in extra time. And that was a classic individual show, dribbling to the penalty area, a simple step over to create the space to strike and a clean finish. It was one of the goals to remember at yeah. the Women's World Cup this Amazing year. Amazing moments, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then the... 2-1 win against Sweden in the last four was also memorable. In that game, all three goals occurred in the final 10 minutes. Um, Spain still deal with a beautiful long-range shot in the 89th minute. We love a long-range uh, yeah, goal. It's, it's, yeah, it's a classic game. I have to say, Spain brought some really exciting games this year with their beautiful performances. Um, I like how they play football. Um, it reminds me of the peak time of Spain's men's team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think, you know, before the tournaments, no one was favoring Spain and they really seem to have stepped up to the plate. And I think that's also something that makes any, I mean, of course, the FIFA Women's World Cup, but any World Cup tournament, it's always amazing to see um, not necessarily the lesser ranked, but the, the less favored nations uh, creating an upset are just really performing on that global stage. And Spain definitely have done that, whereas someone like the US men... Uh, U.S. women's team uh, failed to live up to expectations. So I think Spain have definitely exceeded everybody's expectations and they were definitely a team that um, everyone is is ha uh, keeping their eyes on at this point in time and have definitely been one of the most impressive teams at this uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. I'm now going to hand things over to Yang Guang, who is going to take us through the top headlines in sports that have come from the last week. Manchester City came from behind in normal time before beating Sevilla in a penalty shootout to win the UEFA Super Cup for the first time in team history. Neymar has officially completed his move from PSG to Saudi side Al Hilal for a fee in the region of 90 million euros plus add-ons. Tennis veteran Venus Williams recorded her first win over top 20 opposition in four years when she knocked out 16th seed Veronika Kudematova in Cincinnati. Chinese pair skating Olympic champions Han Chong and Sui Wenjin will not be able to defend their Olympic title at the 2026 Winter Games, as Han says he will skip all competitions of the current Olympic cycle because of injury. Denver Nuggets guard Jamal Murray has withdrawn from Team Canada for the upcoming FIBA World Cup, citing a need for more recovery time following the NBA title run in June. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Yang Guang, we've already touched on Spain, but there are a couple of other teams that, of course, reached the semifinals that have also just really performed exceptionally well, obviously, to get to that stage. You know, 
some didn't crack the final but i think getting to the the semi-final of a fifa women's world cup is um is an achievement on its own especially if you weren't expected to get there so from your side you know how did the teams that reached the semi-finals get there and what do you think separated them from other teams mm, yeah i just mentioned spain mm. their success rooted from their uh, the similar style play as the men's football team is typical Spanish football. The rest of three semi-finalists, um, Sweden, England, Australia. I mean, three out of the four semi-final spots were taken by European teams. It just proves how successful European leagues mm. helped with their national teams. Yeah, and how far they've come over the years. Mm. And you Australia. Know, to, 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 to claw the, the gap on that US dominance. Yeah. I mean, for England, I think they purely benefited from the domestic women's football league back home. They've mm. had a mature league that represented the top level of women's football in the world. The most viewed women's games, it helps nurture a bunch of world-class players. Yeah, the growth um, of the WSL over the years seems to be um, pretty exponential because um, there's definitely a lot of well-known um female soccer players coming through that league i mean for example when alicia russo um scored in the in the semi-final against australia mm. i instantly knew who she was i knew who she played for and um I'm, I'm not someone that's necessarily taken an interest in women's football over the years so i think that you know what that we've what we've touched on the european teams getting to those semi-finals of course the european leagues um for women's football have grown over the years but in particular in england that seems to mm -hmm. be the yeah. most um focused upon and it also seems to be developing english talent which has also of course hugely benefited the women's team that have also just recently won the european championships and are now through to the final even australia benefited from the english league yeah, yeah. their captain sam kerr plays for england english club she plays for chelsea right yeah yeah i think this league really helped um, nurture some great players for the national team and also strategically um England's style of plays are very much close to the trendy men's games. I mean, high pressing, uh, quick transition between two boxes, fast paced games. Mm. Uh, this also reminds me how much the Chinese team lags behind with these European powers when China lost 6-1 against England. Yes, we are, we are the Asian champions, but obviously this World Cup made us realize that our gap with the top teams is still big. And do you think that has even, something to do with the local Chinese leagues? And do you think that these Chinese players should remain in China and develop the local leagues, or do you think that they would benefit from going to European leagues? I think more players playing overseas, especially in Europe, would be better. Okay. We had Wang Shuang. Yeah, I was just going to say, take Wang Shuang as an example. Uh, yeah. She was with PSG for a few years. They're one she, of the biggest clubs in Europe. Yeah, and yeah. she also played, I believe, in the United States. Okay. Yeah, yeah their league is also fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you think more needs to be done to develop the women's league locally as well, to nurture young talent that will eventually get to the national team? I think, first of all, we need to learn from the first-tier yes. leagues in the world. Yeah. Then bring back the players. They will show, okay, this is how they play football. Yeah. And Maybe uh, some of those retired players could then uh, return to China and then help develop the local mm -hmm. leagues. I think it is definitely critical to go for not just players, but coaches, you know, medical staff, to go to the European leagues, the American leagues, and learn and figure out what they're doing right, because clearly they are doing something mm -hmm. right. Bring those skills back to China and then develop the, the local game, because... I also I agree with you. It is fantastic to get your current 
national team players to go play in the best leagues and play at the highest level and learn all of the tactics and you know recovery methods and so forth to bring back to the national team but at the same time for for longevity and for a continuity plan it's also very important for people behind the scenes and players that then retire to bring those skills back home to develop grassroots level football um, particularly in women's football in china so hopefully that is something that is being developed in china as well i'm not sure if that is the case but um, I think after this World Cup, hopefully that is a tactic that can be implemented in the future and we might see more success um, from the Chinese women's team at the next FIFA World Cup. Of course, like you've said, they've had uh, success, well, not domestically, but on the Asian continent. Being the Asian champions is a huge achievement on its own. But obviously the FIFA World Cup is a, is a different step up. So there is a, a good platform to work from, but I think a lot of work needs to be done. And I think a lot of that can be done by learning from what is going right in Europe and the United States. And then um, just looking at the final, of course, we know um, England will be taking on Spain. And I, I would guess that England are the overwhelming mm. favorites to win this game just because they've I been agree. so dominant throughout the entire tournament. They've got players that are world renowned. They're playing in the best leagues. For you, um, looking at this final... Are you also backing England to just completely destroy Spain or do you think the Spanish have a shot? I actually think Spain have a better chance at oh, winning the World Cup. Tell I'm, me more. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised that Spain made it this far. Me too. The, <laughs> their women's team didn't participate in the World Cup until 2015. And they That's crazy. And so they, they only started competing in 2015 and now in 2023 they're in the final. Yeah, and they didn't That's even amazing. do that well in their previous two campaigns. I believe in... 2015 they exited from the group and also in 2019 they got knocked out from the last 16 mm. so yeah it's surprising that's a huge leap forward yeah, yeah definitely uh and this time around if you look at how they got there there's good reason to believe that they have the chance to win it in the knockouts they defeated Switzerland, the Netherlands, and Sweden to reach the final. So at least in this competition, it makes them one of the strongest teams. I and mm. Though I also, remember they lost 4-1 to Japan mm, in the group stage. Good point. Good point. But then again, yeah. teams that bounce back after mm. suffering defeat become a lot stronger too. And clearly we saw that against the likes of Sweden and the Netherlands. That being said though... Teams that normally overcome more difficult opposition to get to the final, by the time they get to the final, they're pretty spent. So have Spain had a harder journey to the final than England have had, Yang Guang? I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, beating three European teams. Um, European giants. Yeah, Not yeah. just, you know, random <laughs> European teams. Like teams that were expected to get to... I mean, uh, the Netherlands were definitely expected mm. to get to the final again like they did at the previous World Cup. So they've overcome some huge mountains. Can they climb another peak? Um, I think England would nail it in mm. the final. They deserve to win the trophy. Personally, yeah. I think they are more organized uh, than Spain. And the three lines of their formation are more yeah. compact. That's the thing. Serena Wiegmann definitely deserves mm, a lot of credit for the success yeah. that they had. Since she's come in, I think they've only lost one game in like 39 matches or something like that. Her That's record crazy. is exceptional. And today, the head of the FA, I can't think of his name again. It's Mark something or other. But he said that if Gareth Southgate ever decides to step down or if they ever decide to change coaches, he would seriously consider uh, Wiegmann to coach the men's I know, that's national crazy. team. Yeah, which would be a watershed moment in uh, uh, just not just football, but yeah. sport. Yeah. We've, never, we've never seen sport. a yeah. men's and, coach. But, I'm just, coach. but that's how impressive she's been, you know. And, and traditionally, 
foreign coaches have not had success in England with the men's and women's teams. So she's she's breaking down doors. She deserves a lot of credit for the success that this England team is having, despite the fact that they've got endless amounts of talent. They've got incredible leagues in England. But Serena Wichmann has had a huge impact on this team. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, that just reminds me of um, another situation China falls into. Um, Wang, I vividly remember Wang Shuang said, we are more hardworking. The Chinese girls, um, they have the skills. Mm. They have the f- physical condition. Yeah, and um, they train harder than any yeah. their counterparts on any other team. But they still lost the six one to England. Mm. That's just uh, it's not. Um, it just shows you the level they're at. Yeah, it's yeah. not a competition between the players. It's a competition between two teams and yeah. two teams on two different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wang Shuang said in an interview right after China's exit, this generation of women's players in China are not a good example, and um, she also uh, touched upon upon how England grew so fast, she, and she attributed this success to the success of the Premier League. Mm. She said that WSL, in, yeah. Yeah, in England, there's already a good environment for football. Mm. And also, there are, people are willing to invest in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, they've got the fans to do it. I mean, the interest in women's football in uh, England, I think because of the European Championships success, has grown hugely. I think they've been breaking attendance records uh, almost weekly. Every, every time I open Sky Sports or something like that, there's always a stat that says women's football viewership and attendance has been breaking records in England in particular. Yeah, and uh, some of the other teams at this year's World Cup um, have also made some breakthroughs. Some dark horses that I can think of include um, Morocco, Jamaica, and probably Colombia. I'm waiting for uh, South Africa. Come on. <laughs> Let's hear it. My South African ladies did me proud getting through to the knockout stages and beating Italy. That was a, that was my moment for sure. Um, that was incredible. And they're the reigning African champions. But yeah, just to see them perform on the world stage was something yeah. I'm incredibly pretty, proud of. Uh, was it a last stage winner? That it was, they, yeah. I think it was yeah, in the 90... against Italy. It, it was like the 98th 90, minute or something? 90, 92nd, 94th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was very last minute it's and very unexpected. Time, yeah. yeah, but... Uh, like the success of these less favorite teams will definitely fan the passion of women's football in these countries. But um, the the ones that I've mentioned, apart from Colombia, um, I don't see football making a big impact in Morocco and Jamaica, even for men's football. Hmm. They they are not the countries that have traditionally done well in international competitions. So um for Football to develop in these countries, um, passion is not enough. There will also have to be um, investment and also a system that covers the a system that covers the whole industrial chain of football, yeah. for lack of a better word. So, um, yeah, I agree with what Wang Shuang said. If um, men's football, which is usually what begins first in most countries, uh, it's doing well, that will definitely help the development of women's football. Look, I think any growth is good growth. So even in countries like Jamaica and Morocco that had success in the women's game, but it won't necessarily lead to massive growth in that country. Hopefully it does lead to some sort of spotlight being put onto women's football in that nation or in that area. And hopefully some development can take place. Look, they're probably not going to get to the levels of England, Australia, you know, the Netherlands, the United States that we've been talking about. But I think the development of the game 
in those countries that perform well on the global stage when it's unexpected, I think that's always a good thing. Like we mentioned earlier, the WSL, hugely uh, strong league. So England just have so many things in their favor at this point in time. And I think for you, I don't know uh, <laughs> what you had for breakfast this morning, but I think Spain are going to have a tough time against England. But I love, I love the enthusiasm. And then again, <laughs> a World Cup final, the teams that deserve to win a lot of the times don't win. You know, it's it's a knockout competition. It's football. It's the beautiful game. Anything can happen. So I agree with you. Spain have a shot because, you know, they've got talented youngsters coming through who have no fear. They're, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. I'm sure they're going to go out there and play their game because they are the underdogs. So I think England also have something to to take note of. You yeah, know, yeah, talking when, about... When, when, yeah, yeah. When, when a team is a massive underdog, you need to fear that team because they don't fear anything because if they lose, people expect them to lose. Whereas people expect England to win. And traditionally, when England are in that position, mentally, they've struggled, as we've seen with the men's team at previous World Cups. I don't think that will happen to the women's team. But I think that because it's football, because there's a massive underdog story there, it should be a very exciting final to watch. And absolutely anything can happen. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest talking point, And we will see you then. 